Welcome to the Bridgeport's own podcast. I'm Carlos Ortega. Lots of things going on with the police. It's a never-ending saga. It's kind of getting to be a cliche now. But anyway, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about a few more things. But right now, let's roll into Mr. Billy Doggett. are watching and that's sort of the way things are these days even after and even before George Floyd's death this time though there's a little something to it I think there's a bit of an element where police weren't wearing body cameras and I think it's the gang unit that does I was not wearing any body cameras. But here's the situation. May 5th. May 5th. 2021. The gang unit of the Bridgeport Police Department were called into or they had suspicion, which is called, to enter a bodega. Don't know where. There's camera footage of the bodega. And police officers drew the weapons at a teen and a 15-year-old. Weren't arrested. They weren't even charged. They said some things to them. I don't know if it was an offhanded remark. I don't know that for a fact. I'm not going to state it for a fact. But some things were said. Their gun were drawn. Their guns, I mean. And during that time, there were no body cameras on the gang unit. I don't know why. I do not know why. I don't think he knows why. If uniformed police officers should be wearing body cameras, why can't the gang unit? That's a legitimate question to ask. That was on May 5th. It only comes out Two weeks later, after 
all of this went on, that president of the Bridgeport chapter of the NAACP, Bishop Stanley Lord, had a few things to say about it outside the Bridgeport Police Department on Congress Street. Mind you, for the record, not a supporter of the acting police chief, and by the way, he wanted to resign, and I will ask Stanley Lord this very simple question. And yes, I'm going to say it again. Who do you want to be the acting police chief? Chief Bill Gillespie in Sparta, Mississippi? Or Roscoe P. Coltrane in Hazard County? Pick one. Now, I'm going to play this clip. It's been well surfaced all over the internet, just the same way that camera footage was surfaced through, and I may say through, Bishop Lord's NAACP people. So, I don't know where he got it. It may have been given to him. And was what what took place. How this exchange happened with the cameras. But I'm going to play a little clip of his and it's a five-minute clip, but I will stop it in between to get my thoughts on it. So here is Bishop Stanley Lord of the NAACP. He's the chapter president of the city of Bridgeport. We stand here today demanding that Acting Chief Rebecca Garcia suspend Mark Matachio for the violation of his police training practices and violating youth civil rights. Police are coming in, store, there's Patricio with the gun already out and puts it to the, both the kid's head, puts the gun to his head. And then we holster his, his gun. Nobody, nobody was arrested, nobody was charged with any drugs. There was no, there were no, nothing on the young men. And all they said to the young men, uh, let him go. And then he told the we don't have to worry about your mother anymore. Okay, now if that was said, that's unacceptable. It's truly unacceptable. That's, that's just totally unacceptable. So, nothing there tells me, I don't know if there was a warrant served, I don't know if there's anything else that they served. There was a suspicion. They may have gotten a tip. I don't personally know. I don't know what happened. I really don't know. All I know is this tape comes out and there is a something about it. Something happened. Something went wrong. He pulled out a gun on two teenagers. One 18, the other 15. We really don't know what happened. We really don't. But it was said what was said. That's totally unacceptable. Yes, on Sunday, the news conference, acting Chief Rivera said that she holds her officers accountable. Hold on a second. At the first part of the press conference, he said acting chief Rebecca Garcia, right? Now he says acting chief Rivera. 
how do you get that name wrong within one minute of your damn news conference? How? We know you don't like the woman. We know you don't like her to be the police chief. But how do you get her name wrong in a news conference in front of the police department? How did you forget? Maybe I should call the National Advancement of Spanish people to have you explain that. How do you get that wrong? And by the way, as far as I know, there's no such thing as the National Advancement of Spanish people. So let's just make that clear. How do you get that wrong? But he didn't get it wrong many other times. Well, if we're to take her by her word, then why is it Machacio suspended? Right, right. If we are to take her at her word, why do we have officers who have been suspended, who have been indicted, still working every day? Now, you mentioned one officer's name in that news conference, Officer Machaccio. Why don't you mention the people who have been indicted and so forth? You got names? Spill them out in front of the camera. Spill them out. Say it. You want no justice, no peace? Say it. Name names. Don't name one name. Name them all. Name them. And I have more respect for you. Don't say something in front of people and think you're going to get big headlines for it. Name names. It's your platform. Name names. And don't do it because you want a headline. Don't do it because you want a headline. We have one police officer that shows up every day. He's, un he's under suspicion, uh, uh, suspension, but he's like a ghost. Name names. Who's the suspended police officer? Who? Who is the suspended police officer that is working in the police department like a ghost? Name names. Put a name out there. Don't hold this godforsaken news conference because you want a headline. Don't do that. Name names. Name names. Nobody knows he's there. So we're paying for people to hang out in the police department. The gang unit, any unarmed police officer, ununiformed police officer in this city is not required to wear a body cam. And that's a fair point. If you want this whole police department to be held accountable for anything that goes on in this city, they should wear body cameras. They should. That's not something that you should say, oh, I don't want police department policy to be dictated only people in uniform to wear them it has to be every police officer to wear body cameras it has to be we're seeing too many police officers on camera by citizens doing nothing but the wrong thing has to be done that's unacceptable with a new mandate that will take place later on this year, one would think that a city like Bridgeport, we would be proactive and we have all officers ready cams. We're demanding all officers of Bridgeport have body cams. We also have talked to many officers and their complaint is that they're receiving disparate treatment from this 
Chief Rivera, Acting Chief Rivera. Okay, once again, you're having a news conference. You make a great point about body cameras, a terrific point. But guess what? If you have these police officers who have complaints about the chief and anything in the department, where are they in your? Where are those police officers? I beg your pardon. In your news conference, where are they? Where are they? I'll tell you where they're at. They're keeping their mouth shut. They're off the record. They're not on the record with you because if they were on the record, they would be at your news conference. They would be, but they're not because they don't want to see the backlash. So guess what, sir? You're taking the hit for them. You may not mention their names, but you're taking the hit for them. By not mentioning their names, but not having them there. You should have them there to prove your point. So where are they? Where are those cops? How come in their names too? You're getting complaints? Welcome to the real world. Police officers are going to complain. Everybody is going to complain. I'm going to complain. I complain about a lot of things going on in our streets. But not having police officers there to say their piece, I'm sorry. You just became a guy and that it's all obvious. All totally obvious. Just holding a news conference. The dishing out of punishment is unequal. How is it that in a city like Bridgeport, that internal affairs reports to the chief? How can that happen? So you get to dish out what you want to who you want. Why isn't the mayor doing his job? All right, all right, all right. Two things. Number one, internal affairs investigate the police. That's their job. Number two, why do you always bring up the mayor? Why? You know, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. The mayor is not one of my favorite people for the obvious reasons I've said. But please, you can't even say who the police chief really is. And then you go to the mayor. Internal affairs investigates cops. How they punish them is none of your concern. None. Zero. Get used to it. Why isn't the police commissioners doing their job? We demand that that policy change. Change. All right. You want it to change. Want it to change it to. What do you want to change it to? What do you want it to change to? You can't stand there and say you want it to change and not ask for a change. How do you want it to change? Bishop Lord, you can't have your cake and eat it too on this. You can't have the police chief say suspend one officer and have the whole department change one thing about punishment. Again, this is internal affairs. They have to punish the police officers accordingly. Can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't make change or demand change if you don't have any type of resolution to make change, if that makes any kind of sense. Officers want us to trust them. We trust them. But when you see the actions of the gang force, the gang task force, they just act with impunity. Yes, there are issues in certain areas of the city. 
but that doesn't give you the right to act any old kind of way because you don't think the cameras are rolling. This is a new day. Every time you do something, somebody has a camera. So we ask you, when you see something, record it. Send it to us because we don't know it's out there. All right, send it to you. Now, I'm going to talk about another thing in my next segment. To the bishop, president of the chapter of the NAACP, about another rabbi, bishop, you might know what it is, and how in the world that this could take place. How? I'll get to that in a second. Let's hear it with this. Please know that the NAACP reached, and she said that there was no gun to the head in the video. I sent the video and asked for a response. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the response. You're not going to get a response. Here's their response. They're investigating internally. Paraphrasing. In the mayor's office, we're investigating internally. No comment. That's their response. They're not going to tell you anything. They're not going to tell you anything. They might tell you on a sneak tip what they're going to do. But other than that, they're not telling you anything. How in the world you ask for this, you ask for that, and in the end, you demand for this, you demand for that, and guess what? The police department's going to investigate their own. That's the reality. And like I said, I saw the video. I don't know what went on. It's just video. I didn't hear any voices. I didn't hear anything like that. I didn't see any badges out. So I don't know what to make of it. But I don't want to jump to conclusions. I just saw this video yesterday. I don't want to jump to any conclusions. But neither should you. But Bishop Bishop Lord of the NAACP Bridgeport Chapter wants this, that, and a strawberry shortcake, too. I don't know how. Again, there has to be an investigation. You don't think the Internal Affairs Department cares about this? They do. You don't think the people of the city of Bridgeport care about this? They do. You don't think the mayor cares about this? He does. And asking people to do this and that doesn't help. You know what does help? Bishop Lord was a little more consistent and speak about another rabbi, pastor, who ran an illegal nightclub in Bridgeport where two people are dead. I'll have that after this. May 15th, 10 days after the Bodega incident, another incident with consequences. Another illegal after-hours nightclub in Bridgeport. In, of all places, 1023 Main Street. Now, if you don't know what 1023 Main Street is, if you're familiar with Downtown Dental, I don't know if Downtown Dental is an illegal nightclub. I 
been there. I have. My dentist is there. Shout out to Downtown Dental. But there is a church there. And a church that is operating an illegal after-hours place. Full disclosure, I've been to my share of after-hours places. But those after-hours places actually knew what the heck they were doing. Clubs close after 2 o'clock. People still want to drink. Yeah, they did it. Cops close them down. As well as they should. But again, during a pandemic, and we're still in one, even though mask mandates are lifted, how in the world does an illegal nightclub or after-hours club what have you open? How? I have no idea. It shouldn't be open. It shouldn't be open at all. But it was. I don't know how it got open. But here's the kicker to it. The kicker to it is, it was open as a church. A church. An after-hours club. Hidden as a church. How in the world can that happen? In downtown Bridgeport, no less. Do they have a permit to open as a church or as a nightclub? Now, what happened, I made it. There was a shooting. There was a shooting. Two people lost their lives. Gentlemen. One from Bloomfield. The other from Stanford. And the question should be, why was this allowed to happen? Now, that was two days after. I didn't hear a peep from NAACP President Stanley Lord, the bishop, about it. None. Zero. Two lives were lost. Two lives were lost. Not a peep from Bishop Stanley Lord, President of the Bridgeport Chapter of the NAACP. None. I guess the rights of people are a little more important than two dying people. Two families lost their lives who actually want answers. Hey, Bishop, you going to give them answers? You're going to go over there and console them? I think the last thing those families want is consoling. They don't want consoling. They want answers. The mother went there just recently to the spot that where it happened, 1023 Main Street, a church which became an illegal nightclub. And all she wants was answers. How could a bishop, a rabbi, have a church and then have a hundred people, by the way, in a basement to have an illegal nightclub? How? Have an answer for that, bishop, president of the chapter of the Bridgeport NAACP? Do you? You're not holding a news conference now, aren't you? No, you're not. You're not holding shit, bishop. Lives are not coming back after that day. They're not. But you can scream, hoot, and holler about the police. How about two lives that are lost? How about that? You're going to give consoling to the families for that? Are you? Or do you support the bishop or the rabbi brother who ran an illegal operation? Church that became an after-hours joint. You support him or do you denounce him? Take your pick. This time it's not optional. You either support the bishop or support the families. It's a choice you should make and it's an easy one. If you're really for the families of the lost victims in this incident, you should side with them. But if you side with the rabbi or the bishop who ran an illegal nightclub, shame on you. And I don't care what you do behind the scenes. Hold the same type of news conference that you held about the police. Hold that. Hold it. You would hold a news conference about the police 
this incident is very fresh in everybody's mind. You shouldn't be holding news conferences about police doing dirty. How about a rabbi or a bishop, whatever the fuck he is? Happened in a legal nightclub. Where the hell were you? Where were you when all this went on? Where in the world were you when police, by the way, were told to go to the University of Bridgeport? And the one cop that was there almost got stampeded. So how about that? A little more consistency could go a long way. A little more compassion could go a long way. Two families are hurting. They'll be hurting for a long time because they have a loved one and loved ones that are not coming back anymore. They're not. You can stand there and complain about the police all you want. That one police officer that was there that almost got stampeded did his job. And he did it effectively. But finding out also, there was another police officer there who lost pretty much his whole ID itinerary. And guess what? He was a probationary police officer and he got punished by his superiors. Wow, Bishop Lord, head of the NAACP President Bridgeport Chapter, where are you? to sing the praises of the Bridgeport Police Department on that incident. I guarantee you, you're nowhere to be found. And so your cohorts of people that said no justice, no peace. I would call you a hypocrite, but I can't. It's hard to call somebody a hypocrite when you see what's going on in the city and you see what people do when they have a microphone in their face. We see city council people do that all the time they do it all the time we see people who are wannabe politicians do it all the time they say where is the mayor where the hell are you where the hell are you on this incident i guarantee you you ain't nowhere you're not here and i bet you another thing you can be consistent on police and doing their jobs and being held accountable but when it comes to your own rabbis, bishops, whoever, running a church, running an illegal church as an after-hours joint. Where the fuck are you? Where are you, Bishop Lord? Where? More after this. The date, May 21st, the year 2011. Did you all push the panic button when somebody said that the world will come to an end on that day? 
a lot of people did. And there's one person who, 10 years ago, on that day, predicted that the apocalypse will happen. Now, if you look back upon it in general, this wasn't the first time this man made a prediction that the world will come to an end. He first predicted it on September 6th of 1994. And honestly, I totally forgot. I never really took it seriously. Like a lot of people took this on May 21st, 2021 or 2011, seriously. The band's name is Harold Campion. He made this prediction according to quote-unquote math calculations that would determine if the world will come to an end. Well, it didn't. He recalculated it again, and he calculated to be October the 21st of the same year. He was wrong again. Now, if you listen to my podcast, I talked about TV evangelists, and I told you they're all a bunch of swinglers. And here's proof positive of it. This thing made big time headlines everywhere. You saw billboards here in the United States, Argentina, Russia, Japan, Korea, South, North. Everybody jumped on this bandwagon of the world is coming to an end. And when the world didn't, they all disappeared. They all went on CNN, MSNBC, all the news outlets, Fox, and so forth about the world's going to come to an end. It didn't. May 21st, 2011, the world did not come to an end. I'm not going to have another announcement for October the 21st, 2011, because the world didn't end on that day either. I'm not going to have an anniversary of December 21st, 2012, when Nostradamus predicted that the world will come to an outright end. It hasn't. I don't know about Nostradamus, but I know one thing about the late Harold Campion. The world didn't come to an end, and you didn't calculate anything. I mean, anything at all to predict that the whole mighty world will come to an end. As I said before, he made this prediction once, he made it again, he gained notoriety about predicting when the rapture will happen, he predicted it October the 21st, as I mentioned, it didn't, and subsequently, the news outlet, news agency Reuters, reported that curtains were drawn on Campion's house in Alameda, California, after all of his bold prediction about the world's going to come to an end, he emerged from his house saying, quote, he was flabbergasted that the rapture had not occurred. What did you think? All this stuff about the world's coming to an end back then 
Um, not only him, but then with the Nostradamus prediction, I played REM's The End of the World as we know it constantly. Just to have a little fun and humor in it and so forth. It's kind of shocking when these people who jumped on this little bandwagon of the world's going to come to an end, they suddenly disappear, fell off the face of the earth. They believe he spent a lot of money advertising it. $5 million in worldwide advertising of the world will come to an end. It ultimately didn't. And as God's punishment to him, maybe, months after his prediction, he had a stroke. Now, I'm not saying that God punished him for predicting the world will come to an end because I don't think he knew when the world's going to come to an end. But it's sort of shocking, maybe, maybe, how would I say it? Sort of getting even to a false prophet who predicted the world will come to an end. Harold Campion, who passed away at the age of 93 from complications from a fall, fact of the matter is he made a lot of money. His radio show, Family Radio Network, which was also on television, he was preaching the gospel about anything and everything. But don't you see that his false prophecies cost a lot of people a lot of money. They donated to his cause like they donated to Confrilo Dollar, like they donated to Joyce Myers, like they donated to every TV evangelist out there that people think preach the gospel. This wasn't the gospel. This was end of days. That's what he predicted. He predicted that the world will come to an end. And the only thing that ended, sorry to say, was him. He predicted on May the 21st, 2011, that the world will come to an end. But it didn't. What came to an end was him. From complications of, amazingly, a fall to him. He literally fell down and he had complications. Now, I'm not going to judge or jump on the bandwagon. This was 10 years ago. This was 10 freaking years ago. A lot of people have let it go. I have. I'm talking about it because I remember it to this day. How could a guy like that predict that the world will come to an end? How could he? How could he tell people that this will be the day that the world will come to an end. And then when it doesn't come to an end, he would do some recalculating and say, this is the day the world will come to an end. October 21st, 2011. And guess what? It didn't. Time Magazine's website listed Campion's End of Times prediction as one of the top 10 failed predictions. A complete failure on his part because he put together... What calculations he put together. I don't know what it was. But in the end, we're still here. I haven't seen the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The only sign of the four horsemen of the apocalypse I've seen was on Dexter. That's it. I've not seen any. We may see some. Who knows? 
But on this May 21st, 2011, the baseball season was in full swing. Second leg of the Preakness Triple Crown was being raced. The Boston Bruins were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the Miami Heat were on the verge of winning an NBA title. Those are not predictions. Those were things that happened that day. Those are outright things that happened that day. Apocalypse didn't happen. And a whole bunch of other things didn't happen. A whole bunch of other things didn't happen either. But one thing did happen. Harold Campion's prediction of end of times didn't. Remember that day. Remember it fully because it should be a lesson to you. If you want to make headlines, want to make history, you better be right. Because if you're wrong, things happen in mysterious ways that ultimately would make you pay the price. And that's hard. Because telling people to give money for this to happen and pretty much not having a moral fiber, not giving money back to them, it's kind of crazy. Which only leads to my confirmation of what Harold Campion was. He was a swindler. He swindled you a lot of money. He swindled a lot of people out of it. As a matter of fact, a girl from Russia who was 14 who thought that Campion's prediction was going to come true and it didn't committed suicide. So you better be right because you will pay for the consequences in the end. More after this. The Elizabeth City, North Carolina Prosecutor's Office declined to file charges on the Sheriff's Department which fatally shot Andrew Brown Jr. And they released the body cams that, as far as they're concerned, justify shooting him. If you didn't see it, the shots fired were after Andrew Brown Jr. decided to drive off, was told with guns holstered at him, they were ready to fire if he made one false move, and he did, ran over a sheriff, and that's why they declined to prosecute. Now, I get both sides wanting some things to be done to the sheriffs who shot him. 
But here's the thing. If you don't have anything to hide, any resemblance of guilt of anything, why would you drop off? You know, a little common sense would come in here. You drive off, you hit a sheriff, deputy. What did you expect the police officers to do? Now, I want to be clear. I'm not defending it. I am not. I'm defending it from the point of view of a police officer. They're serving a warrant. Drugs may have been dealt at that house where Andrew Brown Jr. was living in. That is all I'm saying. If you got nothing to hide, why run? That's all. Why run? And it reminds me of another case, by the way, in Bridgeport, of family, a person who was in the car, decided to ride off after having police told get out of the car decided to put it in reverse almost hitting a police officer Boing. and wound up being killed very similar circumstances and the reason why I bring that up is that the Elizabeth City North Carolina Sheriff's Department decided to release the body camera footage of the raid on Andrew Brown Jr.'s house. He was in the car and they released it. And guess what? He was in the car. He was told, hands where they could see him, put your hands where they could see him. They had their guns drawn and he decides to drive off, in turn, hit a sheriff's deputy. So, in all fairness, what was a police officer supposed to do? What were they supposed to do? I don't know. Not shoot him. He used a car as a weapon, according to the prosecutors who declined charges. I don't know what people expect anymore. I really don't. Same thing here in Bridgeport. You ask a police officer not to shoot or defend themselves after a car gets backed into and person gets shot. Talk about the way he was treated afterwards. Not forgetting that the person who, by the way, back then was 15 years old unless he has some permit, was not eligible to drive, had a 21-year-old who probably had a license and should have driven, it reminds me of this. Two things that happened similarly. Stolen car, drug dealing. Those are the only differences I see. But the one similar thing is that the two people decided to run off and attempt to flee or escape and got shot at. And the bottom line is, in both instances, the state of Connecticut didn't prosecute, didn't file charges. And the prosecutors in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, said, we're not filing charges. He used a very lethal weapon, a car, which could do bodily harm on anybody, anybody. And we're talking about justification here. How do you justify what the prosecutors did. They're going to release the full camera footage. They say they are. 
and they're going to talk to all the police officers involved. And the fact of the matter is, I'm going to say it again, I'm not defending anybody here. All I'm saying is this. What do you expect people to do when they're confronted by a vehicle which weighs a lot, full of metal, made with metal, some plastic? The majority of the vehicle is out of metal. What did you expect police officers to do when a man flees? What do you expect them to do? Hey, right off to the sunset. See you later. Bye. We'll catch you. North Carolina is a big state. What did you expect the cops in Bridgeport to do? Hey, go ahead. We'll catch up to you. We know where you are. You're 15 years old. We'll find you somewhere. No, they had to do their jobs. They go home to families too. And if that's something that you don't understand, I'm sorry. I really am. And here's another thing I get tired of. It's a big narrative about this. Cops have to be held to a high standard. Totally agree with that. Do you ever thought that maybe the people who are, by the way, being served a search warrant, being asked to get out of the car with their hands up, wouldn't common sense tell them, if I have nothing to hide, I should do that? This isn't the hate we give where somebody puts their hand in the car and gets shot because he may be going for a weapon. That's in the movies. In reality, if you got nothing to hide, what are you doing it for? What in the world are you doing it for? Just to drive off and then knowing that if you drive off, two things may happen. A, you may get shot. B, you may escape and then get caught. Either way, it's not not a way to end things i'm sorry it's not a way to end things if you got nothing to hide do the right thing i want to see your hands i want to see your hands you don't drive off you got nothing to hide you don't drive off but but it's not about driving off what is it all about only they would know and that's that's the problem here if people have zero to hide they wouldn't be in this predicament at all hero of the there's no such as that i can get away nobody's not gonna catch me that's in the movies nobody nobody gets caught or escaped in real life only if you're a smart criminal and a smart criminal does get away with it but not all the time they don't get away with it it seems to me that people think that they're smart enough to get away with anything They were serving a search warrant. What was the search warrant about? What was in the search warrant? Nobody knows. We'll never find out. We probably will. Why was Jason Negron in a stolen car? I don't know. We'll never know. We might know, but the fact of the matter is they both went trying to run over a police officer. One did, one didn't. Both got shot, and both are not here anymore. That's a pretty hard thing to face if you're a family who wants answers, but got them the hard way.
going to do for this podcast. Another touchy subject I touched upon. Well, kind of getting used to it. Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcast every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Talk to you next week.